For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back. WFO Radio is back on the air. I'm Joe Costello and we're getting closer and closer to the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. The kickoff to the 2023 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series campaign. Big show here today. Super excited. Tony Stewart going to join Alan Reinhardt and myself, Reinhardt, just seconds away. We're going to break down all the news of NHRA Drag Racing and the man known as Smoke, fresh off his color commentary gig at the Daytona 500, a little race across the state of Florida called the Daytona 500. And then we'll be talking a little baby Gators. We'll be talking Gator Nationals. He'll be driving with McPhillips Racing, the Mobile One Dragster, reprising the role from Vegas last year. We'll talk all about it with Smoke. It's going to be very exciting. We encourage you to share the show. I'm very, uh, very, very excited about this one to get Tony on the program and uh, just talk drag racing, right? Like delve into some of those driver thoughts. Uh, everybody is, you know, NASCAR, he's driven the Formula One car, he's an IndyCar champion, a USAC champion. But what about like dealing with the lights, going after the reaction time, coming up short by two ten thousandths of a second? All of those things clearly lit the fire under him. We'll be talking about it. Hopefully you share the show and let's get it out there to start the season off with a bang. Now, before we go any further, I do want to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. You already heard a little bit about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. In fact, I'm going to be bringing them one of my transmissions for the old Project Pontiac, which is advancing very rapidly, much more rapidly than I would have expected. I've got a great story. I'll tell you about that a little later on as I was at Gary Stint Racing Engines, Stint Automotive in Emporia, Kansas this past weekend. And I thought I was going to see a pile of parts or my engine on a stand. And he had it connected to the dyno. We made dyno poles on my old engine. And I'm going to play one of them uh, on the show after Alan uh, and, and Tony, of course. So it's going to be great. Super excited. But uh, we are rolling along. Total Seal Piston Rings, big part of it, too. Total Seal fits the rings. They unlock the hidden horsepower. And they've got a great website, too, for you to look up the rings for your car, whether it be their iconic gapless rings or these new gas-ported rings. Depends on the rules package that you're trying to overcome as to which rings you use. Go to TotalSeal.com to find out more information. Hartford's getting his car wrapped today, I think. So check it out. Mentioned Foggett and Gary Stinnett. Learned a whole lot about fogging oil and why it's important. And oh, by the way, why is my engine there? What's the point? Why is the Pontiac engine there? Because I didn't use a product like Foggett because I didn't take care of my engine. It was 20 years. Okay. But there were times where six months went by, didn't fire it up. And that caused all kinds of problems. We did find out on the dyno. I'll tell you now, excessive blow by Imagine that. And that comes from me not doing the right thing. Well, nowadays you got a product like Foggit and you can use it. Go to Foggit.com to find out more information. And this is really for every bracket racer, every racer racer, regardless of series or style of racing. You should have a can of Foggit in your trailer at the end of the night. Fog it down. Preserve that finely honed, literally, uh, cylinder wall finish. Amazing stuff. You heard about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. Super excited about those guys in Deland, Florida. All you got to do is watch Florida racing and you'll see they are on the sides of many and many of the winning cars. Folks at Phillips Connect back once again. Smart trailer technology. Can't talk about it enough. Can't talk about it enough. Not everybody knows about it. I have been out there. Uh, every time I hear about somebody who has trucks and trailers going over the road, a fleet, they're in the transportation industry. I mentioned, do you know about Phillips Connect? And what do you know about them? Because they have got sensors and they're connected and they can follow the safety of the vehicle, whether it be 
uh, wheel bearing sensors, brake sensors, light sensors, weight sensors, all connected sensors to let you know about something that may go wrong long before it does. And if you think about an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure, you know that you need to be connected uh, out there on the roads. Phillips-connect.com. Folks at Bernie Speed Shop are back in 2023. Josh Hart doing the Fan Fest. Bernie's is like taking control of the Gator Nationals Fan Fest Wednesday before the Gator Nats between the Baby Gators and the Gator Nats. It's Wednesday, and it's right by, it's Ocala, Florida. He says it's 10 minutes from Garlitz, so that gives you an idea. Garlitz about 50 minutes south. It's a little bit of a drive, depending on whether you're coming from the north or the south. Swing by Bernie's, 6 p.m. Wednesday before the Gator Nationals, and come to the Fan Fest. Check out the shop. Check out the inventory. There's going to be music. There's going to be fireworks. I'm sure there'll be food, and there will be a great collection of NHRA drag racers and Camping World Series winners uh, from Josh Hart to Big Daddy has already confirmed he's going to be there. By the way, how about Garlitz on the show last week? That was amazing. We're having a great run here on WFO. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about samtech.edu. I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Speaking of drag racers located in Gainesville, and I'll tell you about Marvin Rodak and RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, not to mention the people who make it possible for our VIP listener club, the Patreons. But now, let's go out to Tucson, Arizona, and connect with the man, Mr. Alan Reinhardt, the voice of the National Hot Rod Association. What's up, AR? How are you? Hey, Joe. I'm well. Uh, well, what did it make? 600. You can't say, oh, we put, we, no, we can't say, well, we put my motor on the dyno. Yeah, you can if we're trying to like string everybody what along did it make? the last 15 minutes of the show. I was trying to hold them along. I was going to tease them. It made, it made 604. That's awesome. Yeah, for a worn-out old engine with cast-iron cylinder heads and a Doug Nash Warrior intake, it's been sitting around. It made 604, but it's going to make so much more. We uh, we put it on there. It made 603. We changed the timing. It made 602. We changed the timing again. It made 604. And Gary said, "Doesn't care. Doesn't care about timing." And the reason he goes, "Let's put the blow-by meter on it." So we put the blow-by meter on it to see what kind of blow-by. And not only did the little ball go all the way up to the top, but it kicked out a gasket from the valley uh, pan. And it was blowing by big time. And that's why we theorized it didn't really care about the timing because it had a lot of, a lot going past the cylinder. So this was the preliminary test. This was the, like the before picture, you know, when you go to the gym and you, you try to look as fat and gross as is possible for the before picture soon we'll have the after picture, but as you can imagine, and I know you, I know you've been there. It was a lot of fun. What are you signing on twice? What's this guy doing? Now he's back. What'd you do? Sign off and sign back on? Uh, yeah. It started, it started raining here and my computer just went. Whoop. Yeah. And so I went out and came back in, I thought. Yeah. And, well, and I told you the whole story about the dyno, how it made 800 horsepower. It was great. 604, Joe. I heard that part. Oh, you heard that. All right. We got a huge audience today because we got Tony Stewart on the show. We're going to pepper no, him. With I'm Me too. Otherwise, I would be <laughs> off working on my junk. But, yeah. um, it's important that we tell them that we do this show every week and we're going to break down all the races and interview a lot of drivers on WFO radio. I hope they stick around all season long, but this is very exciting for me because it's so good for the Lucas oil series. Tony's going to run a full season with the McPhillips family in mobile one and at the baby Gators, which you'll be announcing like fans of Tony Stewart can go watch him drag race in like the most intimate of settings. How cool is that for 20 bucks? Says Alan Reinhardt, who is frozen. Let's see what some of the people have to say out there as he's going to go out and come back in. Everyone's saying like and share it. Let's get rid of Ryan, though. It looks kind of it looks kind of a little weird. He's in there. Hi, Alan. Everybody's excited about Tony. Good morning, Bill. Good to see you. Brian says, just got my Mustang uh, daily off the dyno. 809 rear wheel horsepower. Exactly. A daily driver. Uh, what, what is that, Brian? Are you like rubbing that in? Right? Only 600, Joe? What's wrong with you? Gator Nationals. Gets the smoke on the track. Very exciting about the Gator Nationals. Howdy, Joe and Allen. Uh, everybody checking in. Appreciate it. Now, Tony's coming on at 2.30. Just so you know, I want to build the audience. We've got to build the audience. So I would love for you to share the show. I would love for you to tell your friends on the whatever social media you do. But he is scheduled to join us right at 2.30. That is his window. And in the uh, just interest of letting you know what's going on, he's got a big NHRA press conference coming up at like three something. So we're warming him up. 
here. Like we're doing the, you know, the stretching exercises for the big press conference on uh, NHRA coming up at like 315. But super excited. Pete's out there. Good morning from Wild Horse Pass. They got the big double divisional out there. Megan is out there saying WFO JP Gutierrez, who might stage up against Smoke in top alcohol dragster at some point this season. We just don't know. Dawson Pauly asking, will I be at the Baby Gators? I will not. I will be down in Bradenton, Florida for the World Series of Promot. I'll be doing that race and then heading over to the Gator Nationals immediately after super exciting and i see alan reinhardt coming back on board as we speak here he is alan reinhardt internet issues of course on the big day oh well we're gonna fight through it. yeah i don't know it, it just started raining here my computer went so we're on the phone now but um anyway the phone works the phone works that's why we improvise we adapt we overcome my marine corps dad is super happy to hear about that all right so talking about tony running top alcohol dragster in the a fueler of mcphillips racing for me this is respecting the, the the ladder that is drag racing and also a great opportunity to showcase the talent in that category well absolutely and we talked about it uh, actually at length when tony you know tony has made enough runs to have a top fuel license, all he's got to do is send in the paperwork and finish it all up, and, and he would be a licensed top fuel driver. But he has stated that he doesn't feel that he has enough experience to jump into that just yet and understands that, you know, respecting the process, that, you know, you don't you – know, nobody's first ride is in an Indy car. So, you know, you, you work start with something else and work your way up, and so he's going to get some experience driving a fuel car. I won't be the least bit surprised to see him in a top fuel car again at some point in the future. But in the meantime – He's going to be in a car that's certainly a championship worthy. We've seen that the last few years. And uh, especially after Vegas, I think he feels like he's got a little unfinished business there. Yes. Well, we were debating as that was going on. Here he is marching to the final. And it's like, if this guy wins his first race, you know, maybe it won't hook him in to come back and run again. And instead, coming up by two ten thousandths of a <laughs> sec short, one inch on the track, um, I think has fueled the fire. We'll talk to him in a minute. but. Why wouldn't it? No, and, and I think that's exactly right. You know, if, if he comes out of the first race and ends up, you know, going home with the trophy, then I don't think he would make him as hungry to come back as he is right now. And I think it also would have, you know, lit up the internet, the old classic, right? Well, look how easy drag racing is. Tony just went out there and won the first time he ever tried it. And, you know, certainly the driver skill level in drag racing is different than it would be in other forms of motorsport, but that doesn't necessarily make it any easier. And, uh, you know, two ten thousandths of a second is enough to, to really annoy you. You know, if you smoke the tires or if you get outrun by 50 miles an hour, that's one thing when you lose by an inch, it's like, Oh, come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had never thought about how many inches there were in a quarter mile. Like that had never occurred to me. And I, you know, we can figure it out, but why would I do that? What's the point of that? Right. Well, when you lose by one of them, you might think <laughs> about that a little bit. So we'll get into it. Let's talk about the other news of the week uh, before we get into it. You're very big and in, involved with the youth and education services program at the NHRA air force coming on board. I love the fact that one of our military branches is back involved with NHRA drag racing. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a great partnership. You know, the the whole idea of the youth and education program, it started you know almost 35 years ago now, was to introduce young people to career possibilities. Uh, you know, it started off being you know mostly in racing, and it's been focused the last few years about you know the the opportunities of being an automotive technician. Uh, you know, Ford is a big partner, big supporter, as are Pet Boys. Uh, we've had a couple of different trade schools that have come out there. And now the Air Force is going to get back on board. Remember, the Army was a big partner for a lot of years, and they had a lot of success there. And it's really just about possibilities. You know, if you, if this is something you're interested in, there's a pathway for you to get there. So I think it's terrific having the Air Force back, uh, having any of the Armed Forces back involved. And I think it's great that it's the Air Force this time. Exactly. Great. And we're just moving it around. Tony Stewart joining us seconds from now. We would love for you to share the show. We're going to get connected with Tony and uh, we're going to pepper him with WFO style questions. I know Alan's got some queued up and I've got some queued up. Matt Smith told us last week on the show, I felt like it was big news that he is now a Suzuki factory rider. He broke it on WFO radio. He will not be allowed to break out the V-twin. It is no longer a viable option for him. And so that whole story that we tracked in 2022 about Matt Smith having two bikes and all the 
annoyance and complaints by some and the intrigue and interest by others is all moot. The question is moot because he is now a Suzuki factory rider and will be on the Suzuki all year long. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You know, he stated that he wasn't planning on making any switches, but I don't know that he was necessarily planning to do it last year. And then it ended up working out. So the fact that he's locked in now, he also stated that he wants to win a championship on a Suzuki. So uh, he's, he's got no choice now. You're going to go forward. You're going to have to do it that way. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think, I think also that that'll put a little bit more renewed focus on his Suzuki program. He has said that the Suzuki makes more power than the V-Twin already. It was just a matter of management because it's a different style of power. You know, when you're talking about 14,000 RPMs and a little less torque, uh, it's just different trying to get it to the ground. And that was what he was working on. Uh, I think now that he's going to have no choice, it'd be interesting to see if Angie makes a switch at any time in the near future, especially once they get their parts inventory up. She wants that V-Twin. All right, Alan, I see him down there. He's ready to go. Smoke, give me a thumbs up if you're ready. He's ready to go. Let's bring him on the show. Tony Stewart goes WFO for the very first time. What's up, Tony? How are you? Working, man, down here in Florida where it's nice <laughs> and warm and sunny. And I don't know where you guys are at today. Where I'm yeah, I'm over in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am also in for, uh, Florida. Uh, you're in Tampa, from what I understand, doing a media tour. Reinhardt's in Arizona, so he doesn't have Come to on, Tony. You know where I am. Yeah, I know exactly by, where by, I am. By the way, I wore my Chili Bowl shirt just in your honor today. Nice. I like it. I like it. I figure we're going to go with uh, all things Tony today since you've done about everything in the world now. Uh, how much are you looking forward to getting down there to the baby Gators? And oh, by the way, thanks for the plug on the Daytona 500. Great job. I am super excited about it. I, I told somebody earlier, I said, this is the most excited I've been before race season in quite some time. Uh, it, I'm excited because it's something new. It's something fresh for me. Uh, it's something outside the box for me. I mean, we got a taste of it at Las Vegas in the fall last year, obviously. Uh, but really excited to uh, to get to be in, have the opportunity to be a full time driver again this year. And uh, I get to do it with some great people, with Rich McPhillips, senior and junior, and uh, their entire organization. Bunch of great people to race with. And uh, you know, Mario at the races the majority of the time anyway. So I get to be there and not only watch Matt and Leah run, but I get to run myself. So I'm pretty excited about it. Talk a little bit about those guys, uh, Rich Sr. and Junior Pops. Like the way they run their program, it's, I don't want to say it's fun first, but it looks like it's always fun. They are serious competitors. They got a fast car, but they're they're attacking each other. They're cutting up. They're making fun. And even in the most intense moments, they seem to handle it with, with that style. Yeah, I think they are our personalities really match each other. And that's something that I'm really, that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about racing with these guys. And then we knew it from the test sessions, literally when we run the pits, exactly like you mentioned, we're all cutting up. We're all having fun. Juniors picking on senior seniors, picking on junior. I'm picking on junior. I don't pick on pops, I pick <laughs> on junior all day long. but when we're at the track, it's exactly the same thing. You know, when we're on a, when we were on the race weekend at Vegas, we're doing the same stuff. We're cutting up with the crew guys when we get to the staging lanes, we're still cutting up, but the closer we get to the front of the staging lanes, then it starts switching gears. And that's when they also have that same ability and that same intensity of having fun switches to, we go do our jobs too. And we, and we all, we all seem to switch that gear at the same time without even talking about it. So it, it's in motorsports, you find those pairings and you see it a lot with crew chiefs and drivers in a lot of forms of motorsports. When you find that partnership and they connect and they work well together, you guard it. So I feel like this is one of those combinations where at least for this year with the alcohol car to be able to have the, the honor to race for the McPhillips family is something I'm very, very grateful for. I, I just feel like we mesh, we communicate well um, and we're a great fit. I mean, there's times when Vegas weekend, I was extremely stressed out and tense because it was all new to me. And literally, I could walk in the trailer and Pops would start showing me something on the computer on the graphs. And he didn't, I don't know if he recognized that I was tense or not, but literally he could talk to me for three minutes and I would relax, whether he knew it or not. But that's just the rapport we have with each other is that, you know, we, we cut up when we're having fun and when we're serious, we're serious. But we, you just, when you can find that group of people you fit with, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, you can do normally some really big things. So I'm excited about it. 
Alan, what are you what are you going to do as far as running uh, regional races? Are, are there going to be any opportunities where you'll be racing someplace one weekend and your other teams will be someplace else? I think so. I mean, Richie has sent me the wish list of regional races that didn't conflict with uh, stuff that I already have going on with the Fox broadcasting side with NASCAR. Um, you know, he's picked some places that he thinks would fit the schedule. I haven't overlaid everything, but I know we've laid them on our schedule. But I, I knew that I do know there are regional races that we're running this year. Um, Pops, I, I when we first talked about doing the season, I was just content to run as many of the national races as I was able to compete at. And uh, I'm going to run 12 of the 14 nationals. And uh, Pops kept saying at the end of the conversations each time we were talking that uh, we needed to start looking at regional races too. So. I'm pretty sure Pops has his heart set on trying to race for a championship this year. So I don't know if I'm the guy to do it for him, but if that's what he wants to do and, and he has the faith, then uh, I'm going to follow his leadership. Yeah, I didn't think you knew how to race any other way other than going for a championship. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm a greenhorn, so to speak, and a rookie. And, and, you know, Vegas went extremely well. There weren't any hiccups. There weren't any problems. Uh, it's not always going to be that smooth, but – I just need the experience right now and just being able to compete at those events and, and especially on a national event like that. I mean, that's a higher stage obviously, but I'm already there. So it makes that part convenient for us. But um, you know, I've got a lot to learn still. And, and as we saw last year, I mean, there's a lot of great drivers in that alcohol division that uh, they have the same goals that pops have. I mean, they want to go race for a championship too. So uh, it's doesn't come easy. It's not going to be easy. I wouldn't want to do it if it was easy. So um, that's that's why we're all in the boat that we're in. You got a great plug for the Baby Gators in on the Daytona 500 broadcast. We thank you for that. It was tremendous. And uh, obviously the Gator Nationals. But I was thinking about that, right? The, the Gator Nationals, the Baby Gators. Reinhardt's going to be calling the action. For $20, a drag racing fan can go watch you run uh, against the best in the Lucas Oil Series the week before the Gator Nationals. That's an incredible ticket. And I know you're promoting the Gator Nationals. That's going to be a blowout, probable sellout. It's a huge event. But to make it a two-weekend event, I think that makes it really cool. And you being there is definitely going to help it out. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I've not been to a regional race yet. I know the complexion of what the weekend looks like will look totally different to me. So that's another learning experience and and a scenario we'll get you to like I said, I feel really confident with Rich and Rich Jr. Um, of going through those weekends like that. But I'm excited. It gives me an opportunity before the first national event of the season to knock the rust off and, and get more laps and uh, you know hopefully get settled in before the national event. Yeah, one thing you're going to find out is that everybody that's going down there to the regionals is in the same thing. They're all starting their season off. They're all trying to get their brand new stuff out and get the bugs worked out of it. And it's only an eight-car field. I mean, have you thought about the fact that just qualifying for that event is going to be a battle? Yeah, and especially with the national event being the following weekend, it's a full Gator Nationals. Um, like you said, people are using that as a test session to get ready for for the Gators. So, uh, yeah, smaller field, it, we, we definitely got to be on our toes and uh, – you know, I know they're they're uh, testing with Jasmine, I think, today. Uh, and I know they're going to be testing with Matt and I coming up. Uh, so, you know, for them to have to run three cars, they've never had to do that before. So that's new for them on their side. There's new things and variables for me to learn on my side as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Baby Gators, um, you know, I think I'm kind of sentimental about that because I met Leah the Monday after the Baby Gators uh, clear back in 2020. And that was our first date was uh, in Gainesville, Florida. So it's always going to have a special place in my heart. And, um, you know, to have the opportunity to to now myself get to run the baby Gators and the Gator Nationals and the, and the Gators for us too. I mean, um, you know, first win for TSR with uh, Matt Hagen. I mean, it's the Gator Nationals are always going to have a special place in my heart for multiple reasons now, obviously. Yeah. The big win last year, that was very emotional. Um, for Dickie Venables, obviously, and, and you getting that first win. And of course, Hagen was going crazy, had a, had a very strong year out there. Uh, I'd like to ask you a couple more questions just about driving the car and, and then where's this going, of course, but all the different things that you've driven, all the different cars, all the different styles have been connected in a way, as in you're turning, you're figuring out vehicle dynamics and cornering drag racing. You're coming up to a line. You're looking at these lights there's someone in the other lane. That is just a totally different 
structure, like the framework of the sport is completely different than anything you've done. You obviously adapted to it well, but I'd like to hear about how you approached it. Well, I got two great teachers. A, my wife, right out of the gate, uh, did everything she could do to help me get ready. Matt Hagen, everything, I, anything I needed that, that I didn't get from Leah, I got from Matt. Um, but you are right. I mean, everything I've done has been somewhat in the same bubble, whether it was, you know, Indy cars, NASCAR, dirt cars, sports cars. It all basically fits in the same bubble. You come to drag racing and then the NHRA side, it is off on Fantasy Island in a good way. It's just so different. And there's so many variables that are so different than what we do uh, in, you know, traditional oval track racing and road course racing sports. Um, a lot to learn. Um, you know, I think from my standpoint, before I, I met Leah, you know, I, you watch on TV and you think, OK, they start the car up. They wave you up there. You do the burnout. You back up. The guy reaches up there, tweaks on the motor a little bit, you stage and you go down through there. And from the camera, that's exactly what's going on. What they don't think about are the 40 steps that are involved from before you even fire the car up. I mean, there's three steps before the car even lights. So just remembering and understanding the procedures and getting those down. And, and it's one thing to do the steps, but you a, have to do them correctly and B, you have to have a cadence with it that the crew guys are, are used to and accustomed to. And, you know, I know when I drove Leah's cars, I mean, that was the first thing Todd Okahara looked at was how long did it take me to go through the whole procedure on a stop on the stopwatch? Because we needed to know how much fuel to put in the car. So her staging procedure was way quicker than mine. We had to put a gallon and a half extra fuel in the car for me because of the amount of time that I burn up that was longer than what Leah did. So all these variables that people don't see matter and and every little detail matters in drag racing and there's no you know you screw a, it's not martinsville or, or bristol where you screw up a lap you got 499 more of them to make up for it you screw your lap up it's gone it's gone forever and, and you might be packing up to go home after that so all of those variables that are, are new to me uh are are truly what aside i mean it's it's not necessarily driving the car. It's all the stuff that you do to, to get ready and stage and all the things that I've never done before. Those are the things I'm probably enjoying the most is all the things that are new that I'm having to try to try to learn and do correctly. But according, excuse me, I just want to make a joke about riding along the wall and winning and coming, you know, finishing well in the race like Martinsville. You can do that in drag racing. We saw Taylor Vetter do it in Vegas. So. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Don't do I know it. what happens. I know what happens when riding the wall goes wrong, by the way. So obviously something our NASCAR counterpart didn't think about or didn't care about. But um, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff on video games and you can hit a hit the reset button and it gives you a brand new race car and there's no bumps and bruises. So I, I don't think riding the wall and anything's a good idea unless it's a, a board wall. <laughs> Alan. What's been your reception from the other competitors? I know that there have been times when you'd show up at a sprint car race and the locals would kind of all go, oh, geez, what's this guy doing here? What's it been like in the pits with the other Lucas Oil competitors out there? Honestly, I think that was one of the things of the Vegas weekend that I appreciated and, and had the most fun with, to have the other competitors come down periodically or in the staging lanes come over and talk. Um, you're right. I mean, we, we've gone to late dirt, late model races at local shows you know, on a weekend when we were running cup and all the things that we do, you go to a lot of these places and, and the other competitors aren't excited. You're there. The amount of drivers and crew members from the alcohol camp that came over and said, thank you for sh putting a spotlight on our division. Absolutely meant the world to me. And I never even dreamed and thought about the fact of, that I was actually helping their division out by doing that. So the, the reception from the other competitors was amazing. Uh, you know, I got to talk to more of them again uh, at Pomona at the finals, even though I wasn't driving a car that weekend. Uh, still, that camaraderie was still building with those guys. So, um, you know, a great group of people to race with. Uh, great, There's great teams, great drivers, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with them this year. Reinhardt's been using a term, respect the process. And uh, a lot of respect has been gained through that. You, we, right before you came on, we talked about how you know you could have just jumped into a top fuel or you had the ability to do that, but you were respectful enough of the process and what's going on out there to not 
to get these laps, to get this experience, to put yourself under pressure, under pressure in the alcohol car before you even try to do that. Well, don't, don't even don't count out the fact that I'm also smart enough to realize that driving a top fuel car with this little experience is not a good idea. <laughs> but that's important. Not everybody thinks about that. It's like, I want to, I want to do the bit, the best, fastest thing immediately. Yeah. There's a lot of times I've wanted to do that. that when we were kids, we used to climb up trees and jump in the creeks and you hope that you didn't jump far enough that you went to the bottom and slammed your heels into your, into your skull. So um, there's a lot of things we've done that were bad ideas and we survived it. But as time goes on and you get older, you realize you try to minimize those mistakes and uh, think things through. And, you know, the thing about a top fuel car uh, that I learned, I've ran 16 runs in a top fuel car and every lap that I make in it, I realize even more than the run before that it is a really bad idea right now for me to be driving one of those cars. Things happen so fast and people don't realize that it's not about just steering the car down through there because when it comes time to holding the steering wheel, I'm, that's probably the one part of the equation I'm the most comfortable with is driving. But it's all being ready for all the things that can go wrong. If you get out of the groove, it's, if it smokes the tires, if it puts a hole out or two holes out on the same side and pushes you across the racetrack. It's all those variables and things that haven't happened to me yet. That, that those are the things that I worry about. It's when everything goes right, it's, it's, I'm okay. I can, I can drive a top fuel car if it makes a nice clean pass down through there. It's, anticipating all the things that can go wrong and all the things that you learn as you come up through the sport of knowing what can go wrong and how to handle those situations. Those are the things and lessons I haven't learned yet. So for me, it's, it's self-preservation, but as you mentioned too, for me, the big, the biggest thing when I came into 10 HRA and, and was Leah's boyfriend at the time was just, you know, getting the respect of everybody and, and, for them to understand that my mindset is this is way harder than people give it credit for. And, you know, people that are watching this show that have watched drag racing all their lives probably think they got it figured out and sorted out and know what it's like. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't, not until you get in the car and not until you have to do it. The appreciation you would have for these drivers and teams will go up immensely. Once you, once you get an opportunity to sit and sit in the seat. So Tony team owner, track owner, series owner, promoter, broadcaster. Hey, I need another part-time job. I mean, your calendar has got to be the craziest one on the planet right now, right? Yeah, that's a perfect example that I'm not very smart. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like all these things. I like everything I'm doing. Uh, had a great week at Daytona last weekend and you're sitting there as a car owner and you're watching two of your cars run on Saturday night and uh, then four cars run on Sunday, but you're up in the booth commentating. So uh, we got a lot of irons in the fire for sure. Um, you know, I think I grew up in Indiana and in Southern Indiana and, and as a Midwest family, when, when it's time for Thanksgiving, you know, when it was your turn to go through the food line, you got everything you wanted and things that you thought, well, I might want a little more of that, sure, or might want to try this, but not sure. You put it on your plate the first time because next time you got to go through there, it may not be there. So you learn to fill your plate up. Well, that's what I've done in my life now, aside from getting married and all the race teams and series and tracks and cars uh, my plate is absolutely full. I, I realized, uh, probably halfway through the year last year that, you know, with this drag race adventure, um, it, it, it didn't single-handedly put it over the top, but I have more going on than I've ever had. I ran 11 races last year total, uh, for the season, which was the least amount of races I've had in my career in a year. And, uh, but at the same time, I had the busiest season that I've ever had with the least amount of races. So, uh, to your point, yeah, my schedule is an absolute train wreck. And then you throw a wife in there. That's a race car driver and her schedule is a train wreck. Uh, we just live in a constant state of train wreck. <laughs> it, hey, you know, the one thing that you don't have yet that you need is a drag strip. There's one in West Palm that could use a new owner. Yes, they're asking. They're all on there. Please say PBIR Tony is what they I mean, asking. Tony, what's one more thing? Come on, you know, your plate's full, but you got a dessert plate. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I, got, <laughs> I got enough headaches as it is. And, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm one of those guys in motorsports that, you know, as time's going on here, uh, you know, Grandview Speedway in Pennsylvania that's close to Reading. I mean, there was a threat of that track uh, shutting down at the end of the year last year. And, and I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to Mike Joy 
uh, when we were in LA for the Coliseum and he was so mad uh, at the company Copart. And what they're doing is they're buying up all these tracks and what they're doing is, you know, they're bringing all these cars and you get the car parts off of them. Well, the reason they're doing these at racetracks is because there's oil and fuels in the, in the ground and the EPA absolutely has a fit with it. So Copart can come in there and shut these, buy these racetracks, shut them down, bring all their junk in there, and then they don't have to worry about the EPA because they, they will say technically that it had oil and fuel in it already and that it wasn't their responsibility. So I'm all about taking care of racetracks. That's how I ended up with Paducah, Kentucky. That's how we ended up with Macon Speedway in Illinois. Um, you know, Kenny Schrader called and said, hey, we, we bought them just so they didn't shut down and turn into housing development. So I'm, I'm very big on trying to do everything we can to preserve every racetrack, no matter what kind of series it is. Uh, would hate to see West Palm go, but, um, you know, at the same time, I mean, evolution's evolution and the people that own the racetrack, uh, you know, have different plans. You can't stop them from that. But I feel like as a community, we, we as motorsports in general, as a whole are a gigantic family and we've got to take care of ourselves of making sure that we ensure that we have great racetracks to race at. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm watching the chat section, Tony, and it's just so funny because, you know, we got Michael Heiner, Pro Stock Crew Chief down there and Terry Sutton and a bunch of people like everybody wants to pull you in their direction. Would he run a Pro Stock <laughs> car? Would he run a Lucas Oil car? Would he run this? Would, of course, we know Top Fuel is uh, on these the rail. crazy enough to put me in a car. I mean, do they not realize I crash a lot of stuff, too? They are OK <laughs> with that, apparently. But what of that? Everybody wants you in a car like they drive. Uh, what else has interested you, like Pro Stock, for instance? Well, I've got a buddy, uh, Richard Freeman, that has some fairly competitive cars in his stable, and he keeps yeah, one or two. About it. So um, I don't know. You never know what we're going to do. The, the hardest part now with doing with adding different things and wanting to try different things is we just physically don't have time in the schedule. Just you don't have the hours in the days, the, uh, the hours in the day, and the days in the year that we need to to do everything. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I want to make sure that I'm doing at this point, uh, in my career and my life is I want to make sure the things that I already have under my umbrella that I'm taking care of them. So, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on keeping the four cup teams competitive and, and doing everything we can to build SHR, take care of the Xfinity teams, take care of Eldora Speedway, the all-star circuit of champions, uh, Donnie shots in the world of outlaw series. I mean, these are things that are very important to us. Obviously, the two NHRA teams with Matt Hagen and Leah driving. Um, I want to make sure above what I'm doing behind the wheel that I'm taking care of the other people that drive race cars for me. So that's my focus. Alan, final question for Tony. I'm just curious, when you started out, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine the business aspect that would take over your life from racing? I mean, I remember one time, didn't you say at one point, I want to drive in cup long enough to make enough money that I can just go race sprint cars for the rest of my life. And that was your plan. Yeah. I really screwed that up. Didn't I, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It, it's, you know, honestly, I think as time has went on, um, you know, everything that you see and the, the whole list that I just mentioned of, of variables that I'm responsible for, none of it was part of a master plan. So as far as the business side's concerned, what you're saying, no, it was never on my radar. Owning a race team was never on my radar. Owning a racetrack, never on my radar. Every one of these things were individual circumstances that came along and opportunities that came along that our group and a management group that, that you know, we're a part of, we all sat down and said, is this the right thing for us? And that's where we've been, how we've ended up where we are right now. It's, uh, I, I can promise you, I can come up single-handedly with the, with the bag of a hundred bad ideas. Uh, but that's why I have a good management group and there's times and they'll even tell you that they'll, they'll be the first to tell you occasionally I'll come up with a good idea, but I, I can promise you, I come up with more bad ideas than good ones. But a lot of times the ones that don't stick teach you lessons, uh, on why the good decisions are good and why some of the opportunities are better than others. So I enjoy it. I, you know, I'm still at the very core of everything. I'm a race car driver. First and foremost, I'm not that smart. Um, but I enjoy the sport. I enjoy, uh, helping grow the sport in all, all the areas. Um, I enjoy running a racetrack, um, being a series owner, I'm telling you is probably one of the most difficult and frustrating things you'll ever do. Uh, sanctioning bodies, all they end up with is listening to teams and drivers complain. That's all they do. 
Um, they never tell you when you do anything right, but they tell you immediately if you do something wrong. And the event can be a perfect event, and somebody is always mad about something. So the sanctioning body side is is a pain, but um, it's essential to make sure that we take care of the sport. So uh, I like it. I like the business side, but it's still deep down inside. I mean, I love being a driver more than anything, and I feel like this dog still has some fighting. Very exciting. Uh, final question from me. Uh, as we get ready to embark on this campaign, obviously, Leah, that's year two with this team. Uh, Dickie and, and Hagen, their team is a well-oiled machine. You're out there going. You wouldn't have gotten involved in NHRA drag racing if you didn't think that this sport was going places. We certainly all feel that coming in off 2022. Uh, you got to spend a year now in this sport. And just your overall take on NHRA drag racing 2023 and where this thing is headed. We're starting off on Fox with the Gator Nationals, feeling very confident about it, but you've dived in both feet, NHRA drag racing, your thoughts. I love it. I, I mean, I think it's, and I tell people this and NASCAR has heard this, so I'm not saying anything that, that they haven't already heard and got upset about, but I genuinely believe that if you're just going to the race at a NASCAR race, it's 10 times better to watch it on TV than be there in person because you get all the commentary, you get in-car cameras, uh, you know, hear the crew chief driver chatter with spotters, this and that. It is 10 times better to go to an NHRA drag race in person than it is to watch it on TV. To be able to buy a ticket and that one ticket gets you a seat and gets you down in the pits. You don't have to try to buy a pit pass. You don't have to wonder if you can buy a pit pass. That ticket you bought to come to the event gets you down in the pits to be around the teams, to be around the crews, the drivers, you get to see it firsthand as close, closer than you could any other sport of motorsports during during the day. And to have that ability to do that and to be a part of a series that is so good to their fans is I, I'm the challenge to the fans. Everybody wants to get on the streaming and this and that. The, the growth of our sport is going to come with eyes watching races, whether it's on TV or streaming, but we've got to get people to get off their butt grab your neighbor, go to the races. We have to put butts in these seats. If you don't, you're going to be watching NASCAR or Formula One or IndyCar eventually because eventually we're not going to have drag racing. So the fans have the same responsibility we do as teams and drivers of coming and supporting the events, being there in person. We've got to put butts in the seats. If we do that and the sponsors and these corporations see that there's all these people in attendance at races, watching on TV, then there the corporations are going to get more involved, and then we're growing the sport. So it's going to take everybody. We everybody's got their role. Everybody has their part. We all have to do our part to help grow the sport. Love it, and that's exactly what I was looking for, Tony. We got you. Are you warmed up for the big NHRA press conference now? You all warm? But come on, man. This is my first rodeo. I got this. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't see what he put on Twitter this morning when. It's kind of like, I'll never forget, I was, in, I was in Pomona a couple of years ago. My phone buzzed at like 645 and it said smoke. And I almost said, who the hell are you and how'd you get Tony's phone? Because he ain't never been up that early in the morning. Yeah, not on purpose, at least. I mean, <laughs> I probably got kicked in bed. Leah's like a starfish. She, she flops around everywhere. And you, you're, you're lucky if you don't get kicked in the wrong spot in the middle of the night on accident. Well, great. We wish you all uh, great luck. We'll let you go to go get ready for the next for the next trial by fire that is the media. But thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, love love what's going on, and I can't wait to see more. Yeah, me too. I, I'm glad to spend time with you guys today. Miss you guys. It's been a long winter. Uh, extremely excited to get back to Gainesville and and uh, see everybody. It's um, it's no different than any other form of motorsport I've been a part of. You you learn very quickly and. Uh, you know, I, I came into it and got accepted into the family very quickly by the, the pit area. So um, looking forward to seeing everybody we haven't seen. And uh, most of all, can't wait to smell nitro uh, in the air again. So uh, definitely ready to, to get back to the racetrack. Coming soon, days away. Tony, thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. There he goes. See you at the Baby Gators. Yeah. All right, buddy. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. There he goes. Tony Stewart with us here on WFO Radio. Alan, wow, what a great endorsement of NHRA Drag Racing. I love what he said about that. To everybody out there on the stream or watching the show right now, we encourage you to subscribe to the show wherever, however, follow our social, WFO Radio TV. You can follow us there. And uh, 
get on board because we're going to be doing this all year long. And the way that guy's running, I have a feeling we'll talk to him a couple of times as a race winner. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who wins the race first, uh, whether it's him, whether it's uh, Leah or whether it's Matt. And it'll also, I think, be very interesting to see if they ever share the winner's circle at some point. He said he's going to 12 or 14 national events, driving a McPhillips car. I think he's got a pretty good shot of uh, picking open, you know, adding, adding a trophy or two to his trophy case, which, uh, take my word for it, is already pretty impressive. Okay, so I bet you there's somebody out there wondering why I didn't say, hey, Tony, when are you going to run top fuel, right? And I'll, I'll t- I'm going to say why. I'm going to say why, because I feel like he just announced he's running a fuel for a full season. And I don't want to step on that story and immediately jump to the next thing and jump past the big thing. That is the thing right now. Did I make a mistake by not leaning on him about that? Cause you didn't need No, that. absolutely not. No. I mean, we all know that he can do whatever he wants. And I think everybody assumes that at some point in time, he's going to do that. But as we talked about the whole time, you know, he's going to want to respect the process. And I think he, he also is smart enough to know that Focusing on one thing is going to help you learn that one thing a whole lot more than splitting your focus between a couple of different things. So this year, as far as his driving, he's going to be focused on the injected nitro car, the A-Fuel machine. And of course, he's going to do the SRX stuff. But in drag racing, his focus is going to be, let's see if we can win races. Let's see where we end up as far as the championship goes at the end of the year. But let's spend this year trying to be the best A-Fuel driver we can possibly be. Yeah, as simple as is that. And uh, I spent a little time at the Division 5 Awards Banquet this past weekend. Matt Cummings was Central Region Champion. So I talked to him about being Tony's teammate, three McPhillips racing cars this year. And they're all excited. Everybody's excited. The guy is obviously a true racer, knows how to get it done. And the battle for the 2023 Lucas Oil Top Alcohol Dragster World Championship is going to be a tough one. And it could come down to a couple of McPhillips cars. But I got to tell you, I saw some testing. Jackie Frick, fast. Uh, There's going to be a lot of competition for that world championship he's going to be competing for. Well, absolutely. You know, the the McPhillips cars are going to be good. Jackie, you mentioned, is going to be good. Randy Myers' cars are going to be good. Uh, Anybody think Joey Severance is taking a year off, isn't paying attention. Anybody thinks that uh, Sean Cowie's going to slow down and he isn't paying attention. There's a lot of really good cars out there right now. Uh, You know, finishing in the top five is going to be a monumental feat. Finishing in the top 10 is going to be pretty impressive as well. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the NHRA is loaded with talented racers and big personalities. Top to bottom. Alan, this was great stuff. Is there anything that we didn't get to with Tony or anything that you want to talk about before we part ways here today? No, I think we're good. Uh, Warren Evans stopped by. He's been sitting over here quietly in the background. So what did I do? My buddy. Say hi, Warren. What do I got going on over here? So anyway, uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and finish up your dino stories and stuff. And uh, Warren and I are going to talk a little Hemi stuff. And then he's headed out towards Wild Horse because this weekend we've got a regional event out there, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're in Phoenix or in the neighborhood. Come on out. And then uh, from there, it's uh, head for Gainesville. Yeah. Can you believe it? The Gator Nationals right around the corner. But yeah, double divisional at Wild Horse Pass this weekend. So you guys are going to be very busy from what I understand. I know a lot of folks are headed that way. A lot of the D5 racers were headed that way to go participate. I'm super excited to be back racing again. Alan, thank you so much. All right, Joe. Always a pleasure. We will talk to you soon. There it goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week on WFO Radio. All right, guys, I know we got a big audience, people tuning in, logged on to see Tony. Maybe your first time checking out WFO Radio. So stick around for a minute or two more so I could pitch you. Right like John Forrest, right? You're pitching me, I'm pitching you. Here's the deal. This show has been going for over 10 years, live stream, kind of rose like the phoenix from the ashes of uh, my former XM Satellite Radio show. Been doing NHRA on WFO since 2009. And it has been amazing to see how we have evolved. And now I work with the National Hot Rod Association and all the national events. And that's how I got to know these guys. Would love for all of you to subscribe to the show, whether following on Facebook or YouTube and stay with us all year long. We have a mobile application for your iPhone or Android. It is free. And most of our listeners are listening to the podcast. That's right. It is mostly an audio-only program, and a lot of people love the audio-only. We interview the winners every week. Like, who gets to be on the show? You win the race, you get to be on. That's our goal. 
So whoever wins the Gator Nationals, Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock, Pro Stock Motorcycle, they will be on. And all you have to do is check our archive or our feeds and you'll see. Recently, in the past few days, we have had the six-time Pro Stock Motorcycle champ, Matt Smith, who told the world he's now a Suzuki factory rider, breaking news. We had Big Daddy Don Garlitz on the show. Big Daddy on the show, talking about International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. We had Erica Enders. It is a cavalcade of drag racing celebrities, and I hope you will stick with us all year long. We are the mom and pop store going up against the big corporations in a fight in the media world, and we're doing okay. We're hanging tough. And we got great listeners like Dawson Pauly, who is a super gas racer. Joe, let's make Super Street run for the natty. We deserve it. All right, guys, here's the deal. Everybody has been asking me about Project Pontiac, my own race car, right? The car that I'm trying to get back on the track, the car that so many people are getting behind. Gary Stinnett surprised me. I went to Stinnett's shop. He surprised me with the fact that he had the engine on the dyno. So let's watch an old 1999 steel-headed Pontiac engine Go through a quick dyno pull at Gary Bennett Racing. Sixty-five hundred RPMs. He had it set to go to seven. I was like, "Don't do that." Not seven. We can't go to seven. Not seven. You can't go to seven with a Pontiac. You can't. But instead, it made 604 horsepower and then kicked out some gaskets because of so much blow by. But now we have a baseline for Project Pontiac. And we're going to go through the process. We're reaching out to friends, people who want to be involved with this project. It's not just about making power. It's not about putting a car on the street. It's about running NHRA super street. That's what I want to do. The easiest way, as in you don't have to buy a bunch of carbon fiber. You don't have to do any of that to run super street. A car can be 2,800 pounds. And so I'm super excited about how this is going to go down and Project Pontiac is alive and kicking. Will I see this car on track again? I think we will. But I am very, uh, like I said, I was thrilled that Gary Stinnett was able to set everything up and get the thing ready to dyno uh, in time for my arrival. Just finished my National Dragster column, sent it in, all about the D5 banquet and Orlando Speed World Division II racing and the Lucas Oil Series racers. They are so great. I want your comments in the comment section, guys, while I tell you about the people who genuinely make it possible for me to go WFO. Like Foggett, if you've got a racing engine, if you've got a high-performance engine, and you want to protect it, you got to fog it down. It's a $20 can. You spray the inside of your engine down through the carburetor or through the spark plug holes, and you are protecting the inside of your engine from microscopic rust, corrosion, acid, Go to Foggit, F-O-G-G-I-T dot com. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. Go to TotalSeal.com. We do a podcast for them, all you podcast listeners, by the way, called Hidden Horsepower. Who are the celebrities that come on Hidden Horsepower? They are the engine builders, the guys that are behind the scenes that maybe you don't know their names, but they are making the power for the champion race car drivers whose names you do know. Go to Hidden Horsepower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, follow along and learn a little bit more about the technology that goes into making these racing engines. FTI performance transmissions and torque converters have been so helpful to WFO radio over the years. Paul Lee's company, he'll be flying the FTI colors at the Gator Nationals. If you have a big horsepower street car, if you got a top sportsman, top dragster, pro mod or dot 90 car, FTI is the choice. FTIperformance.com. Talked a little bit about Phillips Connect at the start of the show for you trucking industry professionals. Smart trailer technology keeps you aware of what's going on with your fleet. Go to phillips-connect.com. Our great friends at Bernie Speed Shop. This is where the Fan Fest is going to be for the Gator Nationals, guys. This is the Fan Fest. Bernie's.com, Ocala, Florida. It's not that far away. There's going to be Gator Nationals winners, Garlets, Josh Hart. I'll be there. Kind of a less of a, a sell but I'll be there nonetheless. And we're going to have a good time. Music, fun, fireworks, bernies.com. Go to the website, B-U-R-N-Y-Z-Z.com. For the next generation of engine builders, crew members, crew chiefs, CNC programmers, EFI tuners, there's only one school to go to, and that's samtech.edu. The Mass and Gill family has done a great job 
of creating this educational opportunity. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, if you want to drive a dragster, it's as simple as this. The Dragster Adventure. You pay a little bit of money, and you get an experience that will last you a lifetime. Driving a dragster. You show up with nothing. They provide everything. And oh, by the way, they travel the country and they come near you. Go to frankhawley.com. And then there's coffee, which is something that we all desperately need in our lives. Marvin Rodak. Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. 817-924-6821. Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. The hot sauces and the spice rubs and everything's good. I'm just stalling for time while people are putting their comments in the comment section about smoke, about Reinhardt, about the D5 banquet, about all the big breaking news that is coming and has happened. Our Patreon VIP listener club, the backstage pass to WFO radio, patreon.com slash WFO radio. You join us, you get special content, you get special shows, you get behind the scenes insight. That's where I air all the dirty laundry and I tell you about everything. I don't know about that, but I do come up with some stuff. And if I'm irritated about something, that's definitely going to be where I share it. That's for certain. Patreon.com slash WFO radio. And big thanks to all the racers out there that are rocking our WFO stickers. There are more and more every time I go to the track. And it has been just amazing to see how everybody is doing their best to support the show. It's really, it's become an insider's show, right? Like there are shows that are super mainstream. And then there's the people where you get the news like Matt Smith became a factory rider. Where did he drop it? He dropped it on WFO. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. Dawson Pauly. I'll see you in D2 competition. I'll run Super Street in the National Open eighth miles. Very cool. You got the RX-7. That'll do both. The, my Trans Am probably weighs twice as what the RX-7 runs weighs, but I love it. I would love the idea to stage up against anybody, and that is the plan, sooner or later. We just got to get Project Pontiac on the track. Uh, Leah Schwartz says, love this show. WFO is my favorite, and that means so much to me. Thank you so much. We're trying so hard, putting in so much effort. Megan. Lots of great interviews the last few weeks to kick off the season. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate you and, and you being a Patreon and supporting our show. Um, you know, I used to work for one of those big corporations, and then I struck it out on my own. And I've been trying to make it. Trying. It's not easy every day, but we try to fight and make it. Uh, not at uh, 28, though. No, that's true. You're bolting in weight, though. Yeah, you're 28. I'll tell you what I am. I'm 33 and a little change, which isn't that much. You know, 500 pounds. I know a lot of people that weigh that. Derek Green, sorry for being so quiet. Not sure what to say or ask someone that has done it all. Tony Stewart, certainly the GOAT in his own right. He has really been embraced by NHRA drag racing and our racers. We understand. I'll, I'll be real honest. I feel like if nobody new ever showed up at an NHRA drag race, we'd be okay. We're having a great time. The party is awesome. We are loving our lives. When we show up at the national events, it's great. But just like anybody who's doing something fun, you want to invite new people into it. And for whatever, I think slightly unfair reason, because the cars don't turn, the mainstream motorsports media doesn't give it the appropriate respect. Like Tony was just talking about, it just doesn't get the appropriate respect from the mainstream motorsports media because the cars don't turn. And they just don't spend enough time learning about it. Oh, they're going straight. Look at Erica Enders, for instance, a five-time world champion the winningest female racer in the history of earth. If she passes on gel right now on gel is riding a motorcycle. Right. But both of those Erica with the five championships. I don't think either of them got the mainstream motorsports media attention that they deserved. And the only thing they have in common is that they don't turn. Well, you're going too fast to turn in drag racing. That's what it is. And to have Tony Stewart, who has done his fair share of turning have had great success come in and say, oh man, it's way more than I expected. Nobody's thinking about it. He's the best person to tell our story because he's done all that and had great success. So I think that's why everybody is super excited. Super excited. Never has, but now it does when Dan Tat Pastorini started Top Fuel. Well, yeah, the NFL guys, remember Pastorini? I love that guy. He was out in Houston a couple of years ago. Let's see, who else? We want Super Street to get a national championship. I am advocating for that, Dawson. But only after the profile is a little higher so I can take credit. You know how it goes. Vic Wood, Gary Stinnett is a very smart man. Yeah, Vic. Vic Hall of Famer, by the way. 
very smart guy. You know that I talk for a living. I am well aware that there are times that I should shut my mouth. And when I'm around a guy like Gary Stennett, that's the time. Just be quiet. You got two ears. You got one mouth. So you can listen twice as much as you can talk. And there's nothing that I'm going to add to the conversation that is going to be that great. Only things that I can learn. And that's exactly what I did. Todd Brown says WFO from BIR. Chris Garrett's in a super comp racer. And HR needs to stop limiting the number of sports and racers to less than last year. Chris, I've been asking the questions, bud. I agree with you. I don't really know. Um, it's got to do with space. It's got to do with time. It's got to do with a bunch of stuff. My hot take on that is we should start the Gator Nationals on Wednesday. This is my deal, right? Uh, I'm not speaking out of school. I'm not talking uh, in, in a negative way at all. It's just the U.S. Nationals start on Wednesday and they finish on Monday. That's our biggest event. Well, what's our second biggest event? The Gator Nationals is the biggest event. Now that it's the start of the season, I think maybe in the future it would be really cool to start on Wednesday. Let's start on Wednesday. Get time runs out of the way on Wednesday. Go into eliminations on Thursday. Run some stuff. Most of Many of the racers are there already for the baby Gators. You don't have to run on Monday. That would be too much. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just add one day and allow as many racers as are in. But to be fair, I don't fully know the reasoning. I've heard reasons, but I haven't talked to the powers that be that have said the reasoning behind lowering some of the quotas. But I, I look, I want to see a race too. That's the thing. I want to see everybody race. Lauren says, go, Joe. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate you. Max speed is faster and faster and so on. Thank you. Appreciate you. Tater. What's up, Tater? Tater. Got some good stuff going on this year. Looking forward to getting back on track in his factory showdown Camaro. I believe there is some news related to that. I don't know if you've made it public, though, Tater. So we'll see. Torque Monsters talking about the Pontiac, Motor Music. Oh, everybody is now just reacting to the Pontiac. That thing. We got oil everywhere when it kicked out the valley pan gasket. For those of you who know a little bit about a Pontiac, Marconi says I called the Orlando race great. Thank you very much. Super exciting. Good idea for sure. Started on Wednesday. That's all. Everybody's there. The safari's there. Everybody's there. Let's just start one day early and have more Gator Nationals and let it ascend to its rightful place as the second biggest race. That's all. That is all. Rick says, thank you for an amazing show. As always, Joe, Alan, let's go smell some nitro and we'll leave it there. Racing needs personality. Smoke, Forrest, Milliken, Leah, put butts in the seats. And let's, let's take what Tony said and let's do it. Got the World Series of Pro Mod in Bradenton. We got the Baby Gators. Pick one. The Gator Nationals. Go there. Let's sell it out. Let's sell it out early. Let's sell it out early. Let's lock people out of that joint. And then we're headed out west, Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. There's divisional racing out there. Pomona. We're headed to Pomona just a couple of weeks late. Then we'll be going to Vegas for the four wide. Then we're going to be going to Charlotte for the four wide. Go to the schedule, NHRA.com, pick a race, come out, spend time with us, hang out with us, go look at some cars. Great show. Thanks for mentioning PBIR and keeping the conversation alive. We're trying to save that racetrack. I get it. Like, Tony has got a lot on his plate already. But that doesn't mean there's not somebody out there who's ready and willing to buy this racetrack. Right? Like Vic Vinegar. Are you going to buy this track? Are you going to buy this track? Believing this year will be more competitive than last year in all categories. Got tickets for the Gator Nationals and the World Series of Pro Mod. That is what I like to hear. All right, guys. That's going to do it. If you're new to WFO, this is the show. I'm really pleased with the listener retention. That has come around. Like when Tony left, I figured everybody was just going to go away. And a lot of you stuck around. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. This is the show. We've got a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on here. We're over there. We're everywhere. If you want to find all our locations, just go to WFORadio.com. And we're going all year long. Reinhardt joins us on Tuesdays. We do race winners Wednesdays and Thursdays. We do our ignition show, which is entertainment and just all over the place on Monday nights. We're creating a lot of content and uh, we have a lot of fun. We've got a fantasy NASCAR league. A lot of fun. That's what that trophy is back there. The Tom Patsis created WFO Radio Fantasy League trophy. People get their name on the trophy. 
the whole deal. Another good one. Share everything NHRA and WFO. Thank you, Millican fan in Michigan. Really appreciate everybody. Yeah, we're getting fired up. You can also get some WFO swag. Yeah, I know. I'm pitching it hard. Pitching it hard. But that's how you got to do it, right? You got to do it. But I am super excited about this Project Pontiac, guys. It reawakened something in me to hear the engine run. To hear it run. It was this visceral, amazing experience. Got me on racing junk, looking for parts. I'm on racing junk out there, like looking for stuff, right? Trying to find, I'm going to need a delay box. I'm going to need a throttle stop timer. So I'm going around on racing junk. And I found some stuff too. All right, guys. Appreciate you. This is the final show of the week. Ignition is in the archive. I got something planned for tomorrow that we'll tell you about next week. Thanks, Tony. Thanks to Ashley who made it happen. Thanks to Reinhardt. WFO.